Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season. So you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back. As we kind of discuss what's happening around the league and, you know, give our take on, you know, the different teams that are, we'll, which we'll probably see in the playoffs uh, in, a few, uh, in a few weeks here. So, Andy, how are you doing and how's everything going? Uh, doing okay. No complaints. Uh, I'm loving this warmer weather. Uh, spring seems to hopefully knock on wood finally be here. And, yeah, I mean, a little sad that, you know, I'm with... I'm hope with the the Rangers play, you, you just you hope they make it in. Uh, it's going to be a tall task for them, but at the same time, it's you know springtime hockey is always fun down the stretch, especially because the stakes just ramp up and every game gets even more important. And yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see just how you know teams that have, were jogging position and that you kind of get the teams where it's like your Buffaloes and your uh, your Nashvilles and your Senators and your your Ducks. It just they they've given up totally so yeah it just kind of the pack separates and you there's it's really the most fun hockey is probably for those teams right in the middle because at least for fans because it's like you have the most invested rooting interest and to see if they can get in and who they knock off and uh yeah so it's exciting in that regard 
Yeah, and we don't really talk too much about, you know, what's happening around the league. So I think this is kind of, uh, you know, healthy for us to do a podcast and, and kind of see and break down a little bit of what we see around the league. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like this year seeding, I don't think is an, an, an issue. Like there isn't, you know, oh, they're the fourth seed out of the central. Like, I don't think that really matters right now. I, I just think it's one of those things where if you get in, you're just happy to be in. And then it's the gauntlet from there. Like there isn't there isn't a matchup one one four matchup where I'm like, ah, oh, they don't have a shot. You know, I feel like every team that's gonna get into this this you know COVID playoff system is gonna have a crack at uh, making a run here. So, um, you know, I, I guess we can take it almost division by division and and kind of you know I want to definitely get your take of what you see uh, you know leading into the playoffs and from every division. Yeah, sure. Um, and you know, to your point with the, the lack of the wild card and the self-contained division this year, it, it, you know, it's, there's no excuses kind of, you can't be like, oh, well, you know, they were, if they were in this division, you know, they only got in cause they're, you know, in the Atlantic, they're the wild card. So now they jump us, even though they were feasting on Detroit. Like there's none of that. You were, right. you, you, everyone has the same parameters, you know, and it is what it is. They're as talented divisions as they are, you know, and that's the, fo- that's the field you have to beat. So, which is nice. It's in a way it's kind of refreshing, you know, it is on, on the one hand, you know, yes, I miss you get the element of surprise, maybe playing some teams in other divisions that just haven't had to play you as much. And then you can take them by surprise. But at the same time, I've been saying, especially with the Rangers being in the East, that iron sharpens iron. And this is going to be the teams, your primary opponents for yeah this going forward for the next, you know, especially with this Rangers young core for the next while. So it's kind of nice to at least have a pretty cl- this season gives you a pretty clear indication of where you stack up for the teams that are in your almost pretty much primarily in your division you know save the few uh transfer teams like the you know the bruins or uh you know who else got no so just the bruins really got moved into this new east division that is technically the metro plus the the bruins you know and minus the you know cbj yeah and you know Again, I, I feel like, you know, Boston, we see them enough during a year that like they're almost like and, and, and being the city of Boston against New York and Philadelphia, it just fits like they belong here. You know, I, I don't feel like they're an outsider playing for just the season. I felt like this was this is normal. Like, you know, the Rangers and Boston should be playing each other. Original six matchup, you're, you know, in terms of miles, they're really like one of the closer teams in the league. So it's not the craziest thing in the world. And I feel very comfortable with Boston being a part of this, uh, you know, Metro division. Yeah. You obviously hope, you know, they injuries don't catch up to them. And as they get older, you know, you can definitely tell they need, they outside of that top line, they've kind of hurt for scoring a little bit, Boston, but yeah, who knows that they might make a a move at the deadline, you know, cause this, their, their window is, is now it's now, it's not like, you know, they don't have any other superstars on the way. Pasternak, you know, it's young as he is, but, you know, Bergeron and Marshawn aren't getting any younger. Um, and, you know, they'll be, they'll probably be a competitive team for a while, but as those, that best line in hockey, you know, as they start to age starts to catch up with them, it's going to be a slog for them because yeah, they've been, they haven't drafted all that high and it's not like they found a Barzell and, you know, they're some of their, their picks, you know, they're, you know, Zach Sinitians and, their Carlos and these guys or whatever. It's like, yeah, they haven't really panned out to be like, you know, outside of McAvoy to be like, you know, high profile premium players. So it, yeah, the time, you know, time's a waste and Krejci is, is, you know, how old is he, you know? So, um, 
this is, you know, they, they're not gonna get too many more kicks at the can in the next couple of seasons. So they have to maximize it. Um, I do want to get your thoughts though on, you know, we have four divisions this year. And if I, if I, if I had to ask you who are, and not just based on the division, just in general, like who are the four best teams in the league as we, at, at, at time of recording right now, who would you say? Okay. So the four best teams in the, in the league, in my opinion, I would have to say number one, I think is going to be Tampa Bay. Yeah. They no won the stand or that's number one for me. They won the Stanley Cup last year. They didn't really lose key pieces. I feel like they're they're still a team that's hungry to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and they want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh they're very well coached. They have good leadership and they have a roster that's built to win right now. So that that's who I think is number one. Number two, I think I have to say the Colorado Avalanche, I would list as number two. I know they're mm-hmm. not even in first place in their division, you know, with Vegas, but I do think overall they're a team that, you know, the way they lost last year, and it was clear that goaltending was the issue after I think they're down to their fourth string goalie. I think they're one of those teams that is like, all right, let's just get to the playoffs and then we're going to have some fun. I think they're a team that is gearing up. Last 10, they're 8-1-1. One, and one. They've won six in a row. Again, they're just an unbelievable team up and down. Such an explosive team, and I think they're hungry to get back to the playoffs. The third best team, oh, God. You know, I, I, go, I go back and forth with this in my head, but the more I see them, the more I really kind of like them. I'm going to have to say the Washington Capitals. And... You know, that's the. I think they're the overall best team in the East. If there's a if there's a team that I don't want to match up against in the East right now, if I'm the Rangers and we're, we're the say the four seed or something, I don't want to play Washington in the playoffs. I just feel like they feed off of the physicality. They have a lot of players that have been there, done that. They know what it takes to win, and I think they're starting to figure it out. And you know, and, and seeing the Rangers play very competitive against them is certainly, uh, you know, meaningful. And I think, you know, says well for a lot of about the New York Rangers right now. And then the fourth overall team, I'm going to have to say, uh, God. Andy, I don't want to do it. I really don't want to do it. <laughs> I know the, what you're going to say. Oh, God. I don't want to say the Toronto Maple Leafs. But again... They can just beat you. They're so they score so many goals and 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 uh, yeah, uh, Tor- Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and I I know I'm wrong with that, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And they're just they're one of those teams that have I, I've seen to figure it out. No, absolutely. And and listen, they're what I th- still think they maybe have some of the same old defensive issues they've had but the one thing is that they do seem to have a confidence in their own abilities that they have lacked the last few seasons and you know you get a little bit more vets in the room and they Mm -hmm. kind of the team feels like they've added that element they were missing even though maybe they really haven't but it's i mean we know just what confidence can do for a team right and yeah i mean amazingly enough that's uh yeah that's them you know so I can obviously see that because, again, they in terms of firepower, they have, you know, as much as any team in the league. It's just obviously you hope that. And listen, their path to get far is, you know, I mean, you have to imagine 
I outs, unless McDavid has a perform, you know, the way he's playing right now, unless he just has one of those performances where he single-handedly just takes over a series if they end up meeting the Maple Leafs, it's like, yeah, they can they can make it to at least like the the semifinals of the Stanley Stanley Cup playoffs, right? So, well, yeah. you know, so well, yeah, let, I mean, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the North because I, sure. I got some some questions uh, yeah. for you and. You you know look at look how this you know division is kind of built up. There's a lot of rivalries. It's a it's very it's a very passionate division. You know everyone wants to be crowned the king of Canada. You know winning the winning this division is more meaningful, I think, than winning any other division in hockey. Do you agree yeah, right now? I would absolutely agree. Okay, so I I feel like it's 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 almost like a playoff game every single night because you know whether. Whoever comes out of the gauntlet of the North is like, that's all the bragging rights. But if you win a division, that'll mean something. And then it's just only getting to get escalated once the playoffs start. So you look at, obviously, you have Toronto and Edmonton kind of seem to be in control of their own destiny. Whereas I think the three and four seeds are, could really fluctuate. I mean, out of Winnipeg, Montreal, Vancouver, and Calgary, right? And the home stretch here entering the last, what, eight, eight weeks, the final two months of the season. Where do you where do you see the the pieces fall in terms of this division? I honestly I think it ends up pretty much where it's at right now. I think may there is a chance because the Canucks have been a little bit more on as of late. I think the Canucks can maybe flip flop in that last slot with uh with the Canadians, but I think it's as of our recording, you know, you have Toronto in first place. Uh, Edmonton in second, uh, Winnipeg in third, and, and the Canadians in fourth. I think all that really changes is that you know one um, is that you know there's a chance that Montreal could be usurped at, at a mo- time by uh, the Canucks because they seem to be playing better as of late. But that's really it. I think it kind of holds true to what it is um, at this time. And yeah, you know, I think even bringing in Daryl Sutter this late in the game, I just don't know if it's enough to for an aging, you know, a Calgary team that has just had trouble putting it all fully together for the last few seasons, you know. Um, but yeah, and I mean, listen, for much I you have to give the Jets credit, you know, despite losing pieces to their back end slowly over time and, you know, getting rid of Line A and just uh just even getting Dubois on track has been an issue for them. But, you know, they have Ehlers might is one of the best players in that entire division and uh, you know, Kyle Connor is always deadly and, uh, yeah, I mean, they still have the horses to play competitive hockey, you know, they, um, but again, I think the only, the only two teams in that division that really, I think could make any sort of noise is uh, the Maple Leafs and Edmonton, if McDavid can really just play the way he's playing right now, you know, because I just don't, you know, five on five, it, the Edmonton doesn't really impress me too much, but obviously whenever McDavid's on the ice or dry side, all yeah, they're, de- they're deadly. So they have that going for them, you know, they are absolutely. I think that, you know, Edmonton is one of those teams where, you know, if the individual is the individuals are, and you know, with dry and McDavid, they're so good that they can actually win games. Like there's not many, you know, there's very few players in the national hockey league where I can say that about, you know, I think Ovechkin's one of them, you know, McDavid, McKinnon, uh, you know, Crosby. There's a couple guys where they can go out and just have a four point night and just take over the game. And it's just like there was nothing that other team could do. 
Um, Edmonton is in that boat. I don't think that system or that theory works in a seven, you know, in a in a seven game series. You know, it's um, it's it's tough to do. Players can take over a series, but you see that more often than not, like with a goaltender taking over and stealing a couple games. You don't really see in you know the offensive you know game of of an individual player just taking over and winning a series. I don't know if that can. There's no longevity to that system. And no, it's I, a, it's a, I and I definitely agree with that because it would have you know McDavid's had a few kicks at the can and it just would have happened. It's like right if 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 the supporting cast around him was talented enough or at least they had that team had some depth, you know, even if the only two real scoring threats they had were him and and Leon, it might be a different story. But the fact remains that they are still uh, an inconsistent in their bottom six and, you know, even throughout their middle six at pieces, you know? Yeah. And and, you know, my theory, I think, with the North and kind of, you know, summing everything up is that you're absolutely right. I I think the first two slots are are solidified. I think it's going to be Toronto Edmonton and then whoever sneaks into that third spot. And I do think it's going to be the Winnipeg Jets. I think Winnipeg will beat Edmonton in a seven-game series. I just think they're built differently. They're built more for the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I believe in their their system and their depth a little bit more than Edmonton. And I'm not saying that Edmonton can't win. I just lean Winnipeg only because of the way they're built. Edmonton's not built for the playoffs. Winnipeg, I think, is built. You know, they're built for a little bit of longevity there. Um, and then, you know, whoever comes into that fourth spot, I don't know if they're even really going to be competitive with Toronto that first round. So this is Toronto's division to, to lose. And, you know, I would say that they're a lock, but, you know, Toronto is at the end of the day, still the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I don't know about you, but like, in your opinion, obviously, I, I think you agree with me that this is Toronto's division. Yeah. Is there another team that can win it? Um... Yeah, I mean, I do, like I said, I do think Edmonton can win it, but at the same time, it's like, I think it's because, you know, I think McDavid in the regular season, it's just he can feast, and even though he can be a dominant player in the playoffs, I just think once he gets there, that's a problem. But I do think for as inconsistent, I just think based on how he's going right now and Edmonton's going, I think they can win it, yes, especially because tr- Toronto has had their troubles defensively as of late, you know, and uh, if they're not scoring, it's, you know, it's a, it's not really going to be grind out hockey with them. So, yeah, I mean, could Winnipeg win it? Maybe, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not too confident in that. I just think they're a team. I think they're a team that will run out of steam as well. You know, even though they're probably from a structure standpoint, they're probably the best stru- coached and structured in that division, you know, but um, yeah, to your point, it's, it's their Toronto's division to lose at this point, uh, based on the back of all their, their, you know, their stars and their firepower. So, you know, I think it, it ends up, I think they still win their division. I, I tend to agree, unfortunately. Yeah. Don't like giving them credit, but it's, <laughs> it's just the reality. Um, all right. So let's move to the West because this, this division has been, you know, very bizarre. Um, you know, I don't I don't even want to say competitive, but it just seems like it's been competitive. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you look at St. Louis, a team that, you know, I, I think everyone is in agreement with the fact that, you know, they can put it together. They have the horses to do it, but they just seem to just not be able to be consistent enough. And then you got Minnesota, who's certainly playing out of their minds and making a name for themselves in terms of, you know, 
you know, just being a competitive team in this division. I, I, I think me and you had them penciled down to closer to the bottom. So, uh, you know, they're just a fun little, you know, niche in this, uh, in this division. And then obviously you have Colorado and Vegas, two teams that, you know, I think you and I and, and everybody else in the hockey world kind of penciled in to kind of be in the finals for the West. Uh, you know, what do you think of this division overall and any shockers here? No, I mean, you know, I mean, the obviously the having Kaprizov come in and have the impact he has had has been instrumental because we've said for years, Minnesota is just that middling team, but they're so good. You know, uh, Joel Erickson Eck has been amazing defensively. Uh, Marcus Foligno has been amazing for them defensively. Uh, Spurgeon is continues to be one of the most unsung defensemen in the league, you know, so they just they're a team that a five on five, they have an excellent structure and just you get a little bit of extra confidence, you know, Zuccarello playing, rebounding the way he has and finding that chemistry with Kaprizov has been huge, you know, uh, yeah. and I, yeah, I understand why Eric Stahl was probably a little bit pissed that he got traded, you know, because um, <laughs> that, that he, that would, he would be a, a welcome addition on that team right now, oh, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, and outside, you know, I, I don't think there's any other surprises because we knew Anaheim was actively rebuilding. You know, we knew San Jose was going to be bad. Uh, LA had started, has, had been up and down and had looked like, oh, maybe, you know, Kopitar's having a good season. Dowdy, at least offensively, has kind of found more of his footing of years past. But yeah, it's just still not enough. And, you know, I do think the fact, listen, I'll give credit for the fact that the Coyotes, although that, you know, those teams under them do have games in hand, like they're, they're trying to make it. They're trying to push despite, being totally gutted the last few seasons uh i think that speaks to you know i think um you know Tocket has yeah he coached them well and they had a pretty okay showing in the bubble so um but yeah and like you know i don't know st louis they have the pieces but a lot has to they are getting up there you know and they they have that injury problems they finally get tarasenko back which is good but at the same time it's like you know i just don't i don't know i don't see them breaking through and then yeah i mean Las Vegas, since they're coming into the league, have been consistently hovering around that in that contention spot. Uh, Flurry has age has not slowed him down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, to and you've mentioned this before, is that I just get the sense that Colorado, even with their injuries, they've had injuries throughout the year, hasn't slowed them down a lick. No. Nope. You know, you lose McCarr and Gerard is like that's okay. I'll just play one C and or excuse me one one D and absolutely kill it. And he has. And you just know that they they're just trying to get in and they're in, in dominant fashion. They're getting they're getting in. You know what I mean? So you can imagine once the governor comes off and they're if they're a health 100 percent, they get McCarr back for the playoffs. And it's just they from puck drop. They, I can see them just going and going. But listen, uh, not that Vegas is an easy out because they're a tough, competitive team that plays, you know, well-structured hockey, too. It's just, you know, when Colorado is firing at all cylinders, you know, we saw McKinnon absolutely take over in the playoffs last year, so he can he can probably do it again. Hey, hockey fans! I'm Breezy and I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear speedo, and then we had a checklist 
of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my face. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I look at, you mentioned Arizona. I look at Arizona, 13 and 13. You look at that roster. You look at what that organization has been through. Just absolutely pathetic in terms of drafting. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, if there's one organization that you can say that should be better, I think it is Arizona. They've had opportunities to draft. I mean, they don't even have any first round picks. It's just a disaster in terms of their off ice management. But looking at their on ice, you know, looking at what they give their their fan base, and I'd be very proud to be an Arizona Coyotes fan. I, thirteen and thirteen in this division is not, you know, something you know, to look, you know, to frown upon. You look at the teams below them, they should, you know, beat them, but they're not going to crush them given the Arizona Coyotes. And if you look at every team above them right now, I don't see how they can even win a game against those teams. So touche to Arizona. I know they, you know, I think they played really well against uh, St. Louis, uh, if I'm not mistaken. They won like seven and one against them, something ridiculous like that. So, you know, again, Arizona, they had a good bubble showing. They're playing very competitive in this tough division. So, you know, touche to them. L.A., San Jose, and Anaheim, we all knew they really weren't ready. L.A., I thought, could have made a run. But uh, obviously, depth and playing in this division is tough. So, um, so if you had to choose right now, Vegas or Colorado, seven-game series, who do you have? I got Colorado. Okay. It just, they're, I think it's time for them. I could so see them. I. I th- I could see them making it to the the cup final or at least for the to represent the west you know or that those two I don't know how they're going to do it like divisionally I don't if it's going to be you know northeast and then west uh, Yeah I don't know I have how no that idea, but I listen they can I could very well see them one of the teams uh at, you know at the at, at playing in the cup final I 100% agree with you um, and then you got the Central Division, another weird division where I think this is probably the most shocking division if you turn in terms of the actual standings. Um, mm-hmm. Florida have, being the number two, Carolina, you know, drop into the third overall, which you know I, I penciled them as Tampa Bay and Carolina to be the one-two easy in this division. But Florida yeah. has made a name for themselves. You know, what do you? What's your take on the Florida Panthers? Because they're playing good hockey. Yeah, you know, listen, the expectations coming into last season was high for them. And then 
it just didn't go as smoothly throughout the regular season and even in the bubble as they would have liked. And coming into the season, there was a lot of question of like they committed too much money to Bobrovsky and they're just, it's like a country club and that team didn't have heart. And there was talk about scratching Yandel for the first time, which wouldn't cause him to miss his Ironman streak. And, you know, and I think they took it personally. I think they took all that personally, the players, and all it takes is something to galvanize them. Barkov is having a, a insane year. He's still remains one of the probably five best players in the National Hockey League, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just, they are playing good structured hockey. They have something to play for. Um, they have the offensive firepower now. You know, their top six definitely has more options than it has in the past. And yeah, listen, I mean, Ekblad finding his footing and really asserting himself has helped stabilize that team a lot, you know, uh, because, yeah, for a while, it's like they they had good scoring off the back end, but just defensively, they just didn't couldn't really hold it together five on five and then the penalty kill. But yeah, I mean, it's just I think it's you could definitely tell they're a team that's maybe because, listen, Huberdu is always going to be a good player, but they I know they've split him and Barkov up a little bit more than they have in the past, and that's led to success. It's almost like Huberdu is a good enough player that he can kind of semi-run his own line, and that frees up. Yeah, that just kind of helps up matchup-wise. And, yeah, I'm not... Quenneville, listen, Quenneville's a good coach. <laughs> you know, how many Stanley Cup rings does he have and his track record of success, and they're finally... It's kind of working. I think he it kind of... He brought... The challenge was laid out, and they kind of, after being their having their heart question i think that's galvanized them you know so and especially honestly you know with as long as tampa's in your division you're gonna have be in the shadow of them so i, I think there is a, a bit of like you know what that other floor they don't want to be just that other florida team so uh as for carolina you know listen they're still right up there i think as of recording they're only one point behind them but you know yeah. i think uh as good as they've been you know at times it's like yeah, I don't know. They're still they're still pretty technically a young team. You know, you do wonder when your Ahos and your Svechnikovs, your Martin Nietzsche's, these players are in their you know mid twenties or their mid to late twenties. They might be an even more dominant team. But as it stands right now, yeah, they're just a a good stingy team that they're probably that one of the most boilerplate competitive teams in the league where they're not the best team in the league. But you wouldn't be surprised if they could beat any team in the league. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean they're twenty and seven and three. I mean that's an unbelievable record. Great I mean, record. Yeah, and and again, it's just you know I not a knock against them. It's just Florida's certainly overachieving, I think, in my eyes. And Tampa Bay is one of the most talented teams in the hockey in the hockey league. So you know uh, they're not doing anything bad. And and if you look at the top three teams in this league, the you know the two Florida teams in Carolina. And then there's kind of just everyone else. So, you know, they are part of that upper echelon group. I think, you know, they're, they are every, those three teams seem to be beating up on, you know, the, the bottom of this division. But um, if I told you in the beginning of the, of the season, Andy, that Florida and Carolina would be maybe the most intriguing playoff matchup in the first round, you'd probably not believe me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would. I would have no idea where that And it from. seems like that, that actually could be. So, um, you know, and, you know, I don't see Tampa Bay really slipping, especially now they had a little rough start uh, to get points with, uh, I think they had a COVID problem at the beginning of the season. Um, but I do want to ask you that fourth seed in that division, who do you think grabs that spot? Because in my eyes, I think you really only have Columbus, Chicago and Dallas and, and touche for Chicago. I think 
again, they're a team that zero expectations and, and now they're in the discussion. So good, good on them. Yeah. You know, Dallas was really up against it early in the season with the later start with COVID. And then they had that thing where the games canceled because of uh, mm-hmm. the snow and just everything that kind of happened. And, but you know, I, I don't know if they'll hit the heights they hit, you know, obviously last season with the cup final. I don't know if there's that much left in the tank for, you know, your Ben's and those other guys, but they're still on paper. They're a pretty good team. Um, obviously Chicago has been such a surprise, but at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's fool's gold, but listen, you, you kind of look at, uh, there's a combination of maybe the, the bottom, uh, six team or the bottom five teams in that division um, being playing inconsistent hockey and you have two clear bottom feeders in Detroit and Nashville who are, you know, going to be selling off and retooling and all this other stuff. So that helps, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's fool's gold, but I could just see Chicago, you know, despite how they played in the bubble. I just, yeah, I have a feeling that if they do make somehow make it to the playoffs, I think, uh, they're not long for this world after that, but listen, you have to give him credit. Um, you know, Patrick Kane has really put that team on his back, you know, with all without Jonathan Taze, which is kind of fascinating because you do wonder, does this increase the appetite eventually of, of, you know, them trying to recoup some assets by moving on from him, you know? Um, Absolutely. But yeah, that's a, that's another tough question. You know, uh, he's your captain and he's got, you know, led you to multiple Stanley cups, but, um, but yeah, so it, it's definitely surprising for that division. And how, and how about Columbus? Because they're a team where, you know, they had a decent start to the season and then things just fell apart. And then now they're kind of picking up the pieces and saying like, no, 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 we're not out of this boys. Like let, let's get, let's crawl back in it. And you know, let's be a playoff team. Like we knew, you know, we should be. So what do you think of Columbus? Uh, you know, I just think like everything else, Tortorella's shtick gets old <laughs> at a certain yeah. point. I think there's a combination of Seth Jones was kind of being anointed a premier defenseman in this league a little too early, uh, where it's like his numbers the last few seasons have been that great, and even some of his defensive efforts. And you don't know is that it could be a team yet again just getting sick of the same thing. Line A gets there, and there's he's getting benched, and he'll have games where his goals, but then it's like, you know, he's Tortorella's going to do what you, you hire Jordan Tortorella to do until the team just tunes him out. And that's kind of it, you know? And listen, they just don't, you know, I think it's when he, he can get them going, they're, yeah, they're hard to play against. But at the same time, that they haven't had the same goaltending success with Merz Leakins and, you know, that they, and they had last season. And, uh, yeah, it's just, but they still remain to kind of be middle of the pack competitive and they're technically, they're in a playoff spot right now, you know, as we record this it could change though. Obviously them and that, you know, between their, I could see any one of those, you know, Dallas or Chicago, you know, maybe getting in at the 11th hour, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been, uh, I just had, you just kind of have a, get the sense that it's like his time in Columbus is drawing to a close, you know? And they might uh, be looking for a new voice sooner rather than later. Because it's like, as long as you're a team that's in it and stingy and you're, you're the spoil, he always wants to be the spoiler, right? So, yeah. If, but at a certain point, you know, you have to kind of make sure your eyes are set in the future and you look at, you know, what they have in their pipeline and what the way they're trending. It doesn't, it doesn't seem upward. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. 
yeah, and you know, I I think they're just the, uh, you know, Tortorella is gonna run this team as he sees fit, and you know, it, it's tough because it's like you look at their roster, they are sort of overachieving. You know, they had a big win against you know Tampa Bay a few years ago in the playoffs by sweeping them, and you know, again, they're gonna have a tough draw against you know, I, I see Tampa Bay winning this division, but you know, they're gonna have to go up against them again, and you know. If they're competitive, then then good on them. And you just got to applaud those teams that just kind of are always around and just stay competitive. You know, it's, it's tough to do in this league. And, you know, it's not like everyone's dying to play for Columbus. I mean, the assets that have left have certainly not been replaced at the level that, that I think that they needed to be. And, you know, so, you know, it is what it is. I guess, you know, lastly, talking about the Mass Mutual East, uh, you know, let's kind of leave the Rangers out of it. And if you look at the the big picture here, the one through five, obviously only four teams make it, Andy. I guess we can sort of end this podcast. And who who do you think is the, the odd team out? And what do you think the uh, playoff looks like? You know, who's going to survive the, the gauntlet of the toughest division in hockey? Uh you know, I, I it pains me to say this, but if you have to ask me who I think the best team in the division is, I still think it's the Islanders. Um, okay, losing Anders Lee though is going to hurt them a lot. But they did say that they are going to be very active come the deadline. Yeah, that's the thing is they if they finally pull the trigger and they get a you know they because it I think the biggest difference with them this year is that you know they are getting production from. You know, it's they get you know occasional production from some of the guys they brought in, like Bellows and Wallstrom, and that helps them. And Pajot, and you know, and obviously Barzell's taken another step. So now they have, despite being good defensively, they're finally getting goals. You know, yeah. And listen, the, the Pelik and and Pollock, right, have been the best defensive pairing in the league. You know, under in that system, it, it's the best defensive defensive system in the league. And those two have, uh, yeah, they're just steady as a rock, you know, and they're hard to beat because they just, they're big and they're rangy and they shut you down and they're, they play simple, smart defensive hockey, right? Um, so, yeah, and you wonder, you know, you don't know if who they're going to go for, you know, who knows, maybe Taylor Hall comes their way. I don't know what the price would be, uh, but, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they, who they pursue you know, or who's the, if they go after the biggest fish or if they're a team that's going to try to maybe, you know, without breaking the bank, you know, I don't know what Lou's appetite to do these things are, but I think he sees his team and as long as Barry's there, they can be competitive. So who knows, maybe they, they do go out and they just kind of, you know, blow their, blow their wad, but we'll see. Uh, and then beyond that, it's really, you know, I, Washington is, is in, I'm confident. Uh, and even I would say Pittsburgh is in, you know, I mean, as good as Boston is, I just don't know with what's been going on with them recently, if there's more underlying problems there. Uh, yeah, man, it's weird. I just, the thing with Boston though, they are, they're third in winning percentage. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. Like between them and the Islanders, there's a four game difference. And that four games is eight points, which puts them exactly dead even with the Islanders. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the scary thing with the Boston. It's that is like, that is a good point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at it, or at least trying to look at the field, it's like I'm I am surprised that Pittsburgh has been as you know has been they they've you know five and five they haven't been all that great, but they've 
their ability to close games out on the backs of of Sid and just you know, yeah, they have that confidence, you know. So and that seems to have carried them a long way. I have you know no, I have no faith in in Philly. You, I've seen enough. We've you and I have up close have seen this story before. Yep, it's just not it's not conducive. You know, he had, I think, you know, last season they had the chip on their shoulder and then this season coming in, it's just one of those things where all of a sudden you see the holdout from the last system where all of a sudden it's like, where is the defensive presence? Like, that's a team that you can't like, you know, I understand they can generate offense based on broken plays and this and that, but it's just not going to work in the playoffs. And hell, it's sometimes, you know, if, if your team's not fully in to playing that you know, stretched out pursuit hockey, you're going to, if you take a night off, it's going to, you're going to get burned badly. And that's what we saw in the, in that route, you know? So you and I have seen this before and, you know, it happens to every team. Canucks fans warned us and we're like, Oh, well, you know, Stanley Cup final and it happened. And now we've warned Flyers fans. And then they're like, history is repeating itself again. So no, no confidence there. Um, You know, can the Rangers get in? They have their work cut out for them maybe but most likely not and i think it'll you'll probably see some combination of boston pittsburgh the islanders and washington but listen stranger things have happened the rangers have been competitive you know they're definitely the uh the one the one team i you know if if philly loses uh couturier for the rest of the season i think it's it's over for them you know i just don't without him i don't know if they have the pieces you know um the Rangers need a lot, a lot, everything to go right too if they're going to get in. But you get Shesterkin back, and you know your top six, you know Panarin and Zibanejad are playing the way they're playing, and Buchnevich continues to be—he took a step. So, and Fox just continues to be as dominant as he's been lately. They, yeah, they can get in. But um, I think it, they're this. I think the East most likely stands pat as of recording today, which is, you know, I could see the Islanders winning, ending in first place, followed by Washington, followed by either Boston or Pitt. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the only chance that the Rangers have and the only thing that they really, I think, have going for them is that, you know, they play Buffalo five times, they play the Devils four times, and they play, I think, Philly four times. So those are teams that they can certainly win against. Um, they play Pittsburgh a couple more times, the Islanders a few more times, and, and uh, you know, they not as much as the other, you know, the other team. But, you know, if they can maintain 500 against Pittsburgh, the Islanders and, you know, Washington and, and Boston, I don't know if they, they have like one game or two against Boston. If they can maintain 500, be slightly above 500 and then really beat up on Buffalo and the Devils and, and Flyers. They'll be in discussion at the end of the year. So um, that's the only thing that's going for the Rangers. I think their schedule gets a little bit easier. Uh, playing, you know, the Devils and Buffalo so much, and uh, even the Flyers, which you know, you never know with them, but they are trending down teams. And I agree; I think they'll they'll be the odd team out. Um, I think it'll make for some really great playoff hockey with you know Washington end up having to play Boston as of right now, and and you know Pittsburgh and Islanders certainly have their playoff history, and that would be very exciting. And all leading to, I think, the inevitable Washington versus the Islanders. Or Trotz versus his old team, and you know Ovechkin going for another Stanley Cup. Can the Islanders figure out, you know, uh, you know, figure out not only what they are, but can they score at a at a pace to actually get the job done and win a Stanley Cup? Um, so many questions to be to be uh, unfolded here, Andy. As uh, 
you know, the season winds down the final eight weeks. And I know it's going to go fast as the weather turns nicer and, and uh, hopefully the COVID numbers keep going down. And, uh, you know, so right now, if you had to pick, we'll end it this way, Andy, if you had to pick a team, a Stanley cup champion, who are you putting your money on right now? Uh, hmm. I think, you know, I think we some we see some. It's I think we could see a Colorado Lightning final, and it's real tough, man. I don't know. I don't want to call it a coin flip, but it's hard to repeat. It really is. I've never been more confident in a team's ability to repeat than I have this, the the Lightning. You Absolutely. Know? And they're going to get uh, Kucherov back for the playoffs, and they've been this dominant. Uh, I've got. I'm. I think they're going to. I don't know if they. Yeah, I don't know if they win again next year, but I could see them going back to back. So I'm going to pick the the Lightning. It's the safest pick. Um, I feel like they have the I shouldn't say easiest division. They have the largest gap of the first seed and then everybody else. I think in the National Hockey League, um, and I just think that there's too many chances for another team to get knocked out prior to even just getting to. The, the you know the final four the frozen four as we call it this year um so yeah i i'm with you tampa bay seems to be the most consistent well-structured you know well-coached team out there and they're winners they know how to get it done and you know last year was a fluke season and i'm sure they're you know you know feeding off the fact that you know last year could have been seen as a fluke let's prove everyone again and win us again and to everyone that we're not only just the flash in the pan we're a dynasty here and we're getting the job done thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from.